we're back for another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers fast break, game source, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Domination, Sports Nation, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, The Lakers Fast Break, and everything that we do at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, popculturecosmos.com, and everywhere you go for Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus, if you can go ahead and support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, week one of the NFL is in the books. Very exciting indeed. I know a lot of people are either licking their wounds or praising themselves and patting themselves on the back for a good draft because week one in the NFL was, as always, very, very informational, very, very entertaining, and very, very surprising to say the least. And here today to talk about some of the surprises, some of the disappointments, and what to look forward to in week two. Plus, woof, 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 a return to the doghouse. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and catch him and his son each and every time out when they're part of the Domination Sports Nation. It is Chris Ardieri. And Chris, great to have you back, my friend, in the saddle. I know week one wasn't too kind for you personally. But for everyone out there, make sure you go ahead and give them the, if they had the same type of weekend that you did, Make sure you give them your insight on why they can still look forward to a great season ahead, starting with week two. Gerald, first off, great to be back. Thanks. Uh, Dom is uh, celebrating his freshman football team, won a big game today against the Crosstown yeah. Rivals. But uh, Congratulations. He sends, yeah, he sends his regards. The only thing that comes in the way of this great show is his homework, so he sends his best. Both our teams lost this week in fantasy football. One, we had a poor offensive showing and the other one we put up a, a huge number but lost to a team that had josh allen and jonathan taylor so there's not mm. much you can do about that we're zero and one no. you look at the standings we're in sixth place but if you sort by that little thing called pf points for we've got the third most so don't sweat it there are a lot of seven and seven teams that make the playoffs in fantasy you want to get as many points as possible there's no way to play defense in fantasy right so keep the faith um i will say if you've got uh, like a Dak Prescott, for instance, as Dom has in one of his leagues, thankfully uh, not one that he and I co-manage a team, uh, you've got to get yourself a quarterback. So I'd say that's a disappointment there in the sense that, you know, he's going to be out probably six weeks. The yeah. Cowboys, as usual, don't have a viable backup quarterback and uh, slim pickings out there on the waiver wire. So I think that's the first thing that stuck out to me this past week. Yeah, at least in the league that we're in, I didn't see a whole lot. You know, I saw some, unless you're into a Tannehill, or I know some leagues out there might even have maybe a Kirk Cousins still floating around. But I think Kirk Cousins probably, if he was still on the waiver wire, he's been snatched up after his terrific performance in a team many people after week one are looking at as a possible Super Bowl contender. Yeah, they could be definitely be a dark horse. I thought that going in. I just didn't have the guts the last time I was in Vegas to put actual hard-earned money on the team because it's Kirk Cousins. But I, I can see the logic. And, you know, Kevin O'Connell being off the Sean McVay coaching tree, if there is a guy that's the, the latest version of the quarterback whisperer, I think it might be him. And I'll, I'll tell you who's especially happy is Justin Jefferson. 
Absolutely. I have him on my team. He was my first round pick, and I'm very happy that the draft, which I was not intending to fall that way, it did fall that way for me, and Justin Jefferson landed right there. So I went ahead and changed my whole strategy on the fly. And so far through week one, I'm very thankful that it worked for me, hoping it did out there for you, hoping our advice helped you out. Before we go any further, if you have any questions for us, lineup changes, trades, waiver wire pickups, please go ahead and let us know. isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or insidesportsff on Twitter. But Chris, before we get into week two and what to look forward to, of course, the NFL week picks as far as that we usually do. And of course, woof, 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 the doghouse. Who are some of the standouts, some disappointments, some risers? some surprises, anything that you want to talk about as far as what stood out to you in week one? I mean, the usual suspects. Allen, as I mentioned, Cooper Cup had a great game for the Rams, even though offensively they stunk. Um, You know, Jefferson, as we mentioned, but I think when you dig a little deeper, the surprises are that we've already got this revolving door at running back with a number of teams. You look at the Lions, DeAndre Swift had a nice game, but Jamal Williams is getting the goal line touchdowns. Same with the Browns. I've got Nick Chubb in a league, but Kareem Hunt's out there stealing the goal line, cheapo touchdowns, as it were. Things like that, you definitely need to keep your eye on. I think one of the biggest disappointments had to be Russell Wilson's performance going back home to Seattle. And I get it. Pete Carroll probably knows how to defend him, but that team's got a, a heck of a lot of weapons and spent a lot of money in draft capital to get him. And whatever the offensive game plan was, he didn't either look comfortable or maybe it's a lack of reps in the preseason. But as a Wilson owner in one league, I was extremely disappointed by that. I mean, you know, I think the whole football watching world was even more shocked and aghast at Nathaniel Hackett's rookie mistakes and sending McManus out for a 64 yard field goal. But Wilson looked his age, frankly, and, you know, as a middle-aged man, I shouldn't say that, but he did not look like the Russell Wilson revitalized everyone thought coming into this season, we'd see. Uh, I tell you what, it was not the performance, I think, that Denver wanted going in, although with a team in week two in, well, let's say the Texans, I guess, which I think surprised in the first half, but almost faltered to the point where they almost lost it, but it managed to go ahead and get the tie, which still in 2022 in the NFL still perplexes me, but you know what? They are looking to go ahead. Russell Wilson get on the right track with a game against the Texans when they come into Denver. So that's a team I think I'm looking forward to as far as if you're Russell Wilson, if he's your QB one, I would stay with him for another week just because I think that if he doesn't perform against the Texans, then you got to start thinking about maybe you're in trouble. Absolutely. And we saw someone in another league put Wilson out there on waivers. The only reason we didn't put in a claim on him is our backup is Kirk Cousins. But if someone is that desperate and overreacting, I mean, worst case scenario, if he's your backup, that's a great waiver pickup. If he can be a, a, serviceable starter i think that's an even bigger steal once again it's inside sports fantasy football with chris lardieri of domination sports nation anyone else that stood out to you as far as maybe surprises i know baltimore of all places of course with lamar jackson trying to go ahead and play for a new contract his play was not surprising to me but the last pick in my entire draft was a surprise 
was told that maybe some feelers out there that he would be a sleeper to look at, a surprise to look at. But if you wanted to go ahead and explain a little bit more, this was the last guy I picked in our draft. Who would that be, Gerald? Mr. Devin. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So at that point, I think I either fell asleep or zoned out or let Dom run the draft. But yeah, that's the thing with the Ravens, right? They get these guys, whether it's wide receivers or running backs, and I feel like they have a tremendous amount of depth of guys like him. You look at Gus Edwards, uh, pride of my alma mater, Rutgers, a few years ago, emerging as a running back, and uh, they do a really good job of drafting guys late. And, you know, yeah. there's a lot of naysayers with Jackson. Oh, he's his own agent. He broke off contract negotiations. What's he thinking? Hollywood Brown's gone. They really don't have a receiver. And he finds someone, and he seems to make them a receiver. So as far as I'm concerned, if Lamar is indeed as motivated as we think he is to get this, uh, to use a baseball term, big uh, invest in yourself Aaron Judge style payday like he's going to get from the Yankees inevitably then I think he's going to have to spread the ball around he's not going to be looking on one guy he's not going to be looking to solely do it with his feet for instance but um, on top of that I think too you've got to play the matchups and and kind of a side story that I think not necessarily was a huge surprise for me but I think could be an emerging trend whoever plays the Jets this year you know like the Browns play them this week I think your guys on the, the Browns, for instance, are a must-start this week. I think the Jets are going to be worse than people think. Whether Zach Wilson's a starter or not, I don't care. But when Joe Flacco's your quarterback, uh, that Jets defense is going to be on the field for a lot of time during the game. And I think they're going to get worn out as we're still here in some of the the warm weeks in September. Not to take anything away from Sala or his defensive talent on that side of the ball, but uh, as you see, you, you could just wear the Jets defense down. And I, I think that bodes well, especially for running backs. Absolutely. Especially if you got Nick Chubb, like I do coming up this weekend. So I think he's going to run the town on the Jets, uh, barring any injury, I hope. But it looks very good for everyone there who has Nick Chubb in one of their leagues. And Devin DuVernay, again, keep an eye on him. I don't want to say you need to start him, a must start as of yet. Again, he, four catches, 54 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously a very surprising thing for a lot of people out there. Although if you were reading the trade papers, you were notified in advance that he was going to be like a surprise or a, a guy that might be a sleeper pick out there because of the way that Baltimore might use him. So just a shout out out there. If you don't have him out there, I mean, if he's out there in one of your waiver leagues, look out for Devin DuVernay could be someone that may not be such a flash in the pan overall. Absolutely. And, and don't give up on anyone. I know uh, there was a lot of hype in the preseason about another Rutgers grad Pacheco with the Chiefs. And apparently since he now wears Tyreek Hill's number 10, he's the, the second coming. But, you know, a lot of people dismissed him with that. Uh, if you've got the spot, especially if you're in a league with an IR spot or COVID injury spot, whatever they, they're calling it these days, hang on to some of these guys because it's a long season. Guys get hurt. Guys get put in the coaches' doghouses. And hold on to them because you know you, you win the playoffs in those I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of like weeks 10 to 14 you can make a move you can be down to a three and seven record for instance rally go seven and seven and like I said if you win on a points tiebreaker you've got yourself a playoff spot we may be headed to the replay booth but we'll be right back with inside sports fantasy football Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, it is Chris Sardieri, the Domination Sports Nation. Check him and his son, Dominic, today, wherever you get your podcasts, right at the Domination Sports Nation. They cover the latest that's going on in the world of sports. But before we head on out, my friend, great talkings indeed. Please, if you're out there, I cannot say don't panic because we're not up to that episode yet, please. But it's just week one. So don't throw your team in the trash just yet. I know that there are some things you might need to work on as far as maybe some alternate changes that you need to make, or maybe the fact that there's some injuries, you need to go ahead and take care of that right away ASAP, but you're only on one or you're only one and oh, so don't get overconfident either. If you actually had a good weekend this past weekend, don't get overconfident, study the matchups well. And that leads me into NFL week two with what's going on there. I see a lot of good matchups still taking place. I mentioned real briefly the Texans heading into Denver. I mean, if Denver is as seriously good as they were predicted in the preseason to be a very competitive team in that AFC West, I really think that this is the time here now which they need to dominate and run up the scoreboard this weekend against the Texans. Absolutely. And if you've got confidence in Wilson or any of his targets, whether it's Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, for instance, I think this is the week to start them. They, you know, for all intents and purposes, were embarrassed on Monday night football. And I don't see that happening again. I know the Texans kind of conservatively played to a 2020 tie with the Colts, but um, as much room as there is for some sense of optimism with Lovey Smith's Texans, uh, if ever there was a time for the Broncos to wake up and light up a team, I think all signs point to that at this point. And I know that Cincinnati 0-1 after a rough start to their game, they head into Dallas. And you mentioned without Dak Prescott, they really don't have much in the saddle as far as quarterback and Dallas is concerned. So if you have the Cincinnati defense, that might be a very strong recommendation for this weekend. Yes, and on the flip side, I think as long as T. Higgins is okay from his concussion, he's the one wild card out there. You start all your Bengals offensive players this week because even when Prescott was in the game, um, you you look at the Bucks with all their issues on the offensive line, they just gradually wore the Cowboys down, and you know Brady had a nice touchdown pass to Mike Evans in the second half. But I could see the Bengals, especially after a disappointing Week One loss to the Steelers, really lighting up the Cowboys because if Cooper rushes, indeed their quarterback i think they're going to be punting a lot and the bengals will dominate that time of possession which can mean points for your bengals players any other games that stand out to you this weekend from either fantasy or just a betting standpoint because i see the colts coming into the jaguars in jacksonville and i think they're really going to handle them on the road i think that's something i see there that's pretty easy i would go for the spread on that one i definitely think that when it comes to the packers 
even though the Bears won, the Bears are coming into Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get on the right track, so look out for a great Aaron Rodgers performance. I really think that you need to go ahead and look out there. I also think that the Rams, after their drubbing against Buffalo at home, they get a chance to redeem themselves at least a little bit for their second straight home game against the Falcons. I think that's going to be a drubbing there as well. You read my mind on two of them. Aaron Rodgers typically owns the Bears, and after what happened last week, and you know he just loves proving people wrong when everyone writes him off every year. I think he lights up the Bears on Sunday Night Football. So, you know, whether you've got a uh, AJ Dillon or whatever wide receiver Rodgers is PO'd at that week, I think they're good starts. Also, agree with you on the Rams. I know a lot's been said about Stafford's elbow. Is it bad? How about the Bill's defense just pummeled them. I think the bigger concern has to be the offensive line, but you know, they get a good matchup this week against the Falcons. I don't, I don't think the Falcons D will be able to contain this Rams offense. And then on uh, kind of like a, a two-sided pick here for me, I think you start all your Chiefs and Chargers offensive players. I'm really bullish on Mahomes and Herbert. I feel like anytime they play each other, it's a back and forth old school 1970s AFC West clash. And you know, with it being a Thursday night, who knows if the defenses will even have enough gas starting the game at rest with these guys, the way they light up the field. I think those are good. And then uh, on the defensive side of the ball, as I alluded to earlier, the Jets are atrocious. No offense, Joe Flacco on offense. So I think the Browns D is a good play here. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Going to Cleveland to the dog pound. I think that's really, I think that's a no brainer to me right there. I mean, Flacco looked awful. Wilson is still not going to play in that game is still going to be Flacco starting. So that is something I think that that's set itself up for a disaster for the New York Jets. Yeah, which is too bad because they've got some offensive weapons, but I don't advocating, I don't advocate starting them until Either Flacco uh, finds the fountain of youth or Wilson indeed comes back healthy. I think they're going to continue to struggle. A couple last games I want to go ahead and talk to you about is the Buccaneers heading into the Saints, Tom Brady going into New Orleans. Are you believing, are you putting all your money in right now on the New Orleans Saints? Because I've still kind of, kind of got some trepidations about whether or not I want to go ahead all in on their offense, which at times when it's healthy has clicked over the past few years, but I'm not sure with Winston in there 100% because he's a gunslinger, and I really still kind of worry that they're not going to be able to move the ball enough against the Buccaneers. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I think Taysom Hill showed signs of life last week. He might be an X factor this week. I thought going into the season, Michael Thomas might be worth taking a flyer on. It looks like he's back with his, you know, past his injuries, but also has his head screwed on straight. Uh, I'm not sure if I advocate either of those as a must start, maybe in a flex type situation if you need someone. But I will say the Saints have had the Buccaneers number over the years, especially, you know, Brady's really struggled other than that one playoff game where a turnover decided it two years ago. But from a top down, I, I think the Saints can definitely challenge the Buccaneers, but I'm not sure right now, given the way they struggle literally against the Falcons, if you've got the proverbial green light for all your Saints offensive players other than the two I've mentioned and, and definitely not Winston at this point. Last thing I want to go ahead and, and ask you is a team that you're familiar with, the Giants. Want to know, riding high for you, my friend, and after many years of struggles that you've had to deal with on this show every time I talk to you about the Giants, is there now kind of 
possibly a bright future, especially with the 0-1 Carolina Panthers heading into town? There could be, and looking ahead to week three, they get the beaten up Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. So you know how everyone in New York loves to get ahead of themselves, eyeing a 3-0 start by the Jins. But I think the optimism has to be Brian Dable just at one point got in Daniel Jones' face after a bad interception. Uh, the way he basically made Saquon Barkley the workhorse that we really haven't seen during his tenure with the Giants. And then having the guts to go for the two-point conversion late in the game. I mean, I personally thought it was a, it was a very gutsy call, but just looking at the clock, there was a minute plus left. And knowing the Giants, I turned to Dom and I said, they're going to blow this, they're going to blow this. But thanks to some poor clock management and Mike Vrabel making some questionable moves, uh, Bullock shanks the field goal. And it all feels different this year after Dom and I told my wife that, oh, the Giants are going to blow another one. We were pleasantly surprised to say the least. So look, I'm a realist. This team doesn't have a lot of talent. They're in salary cap hell, but I do think I like what I see with Dayball. I like Kafka, the offensive coordinator, the way he's got Jones rolling out more. And at the very least, we'll know where we stand with Barkley and Jones. And next year, there's some room for optimism when a lot of this cap hell gets cleared out and Dayball has some more to work with. But before we head to the doghouse, Jay Ambrose is chiming in with a question. Ready for this, my friend? He's asking if you should drop Cold Commit for Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby. Mm, very interesting because his gut says he doesn't trust Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, if he's going to go ahead and trust anybody, it's the tight end that's become very reliant. That's the Chicago offense. As someone who has Montgomery, who disappointed extremely, and that was the only starter on my team that really had a subpar performance, I can understand the Chicago offense. I still don't know how they were able to be competitive in that game really just blew my mind that they were actually able to go ahead and move the ball at all. I know that the tight end is a predominant part of that Chicago offense, but I could see a Tyler Higby as someone that maybe I would lean to. Your thoughts, Chris? I've had Higby and Everett in the past few seasons. Higby's a guy who, when Stafford targets him, he's an excellent tight end and a must start, but they're just... It's more feast or famine with him. There'll be some weeks you'll get absolutely nothing out of him. And then, two, I worry about injury concerns. He got hurt late in, uh, yeah. in the year last year as well. I hate to give up on Clement at this point because, like you said, Fields doesn't have a heck of a lot to work with. And we've seen with young quarterbacks or even struggling teams, like you know, back when the 49ers were just kind of turning things around, we saw what George Kittle could do on some not-so-great or mediocre teams. So... I'll put it to you this way. I know this is kind of sitting on the fence. If you are going to dump him, I think of the two, I would lean more towards Higby just because Stafford had a good rep with him last season. Nothing against Everett, but he's even more streaky. I mean, there'll be some weeks you'll get nothing out of him. And I just feel like the Chargers have so many weapons and Herbert's really looking to throw downfield. I know Everett caught a nice touchdown pass this past Sunday, but I don't think that's going to be a long-term trend. So I'll leave it up to you. But if anything, maybe you play it on a matchup week-by-week basis. And I'm guessing right now, without having numbers in front of me, Higby's probably got some favorable splits against the Falcons. Yeah, absolutely. At home, a very angry Rams team looking to perform. I I still think they're going to run up the scoreboard. It's looking more and more like it. I know here in Vegas, the numbers are really gearing and teetering towards the Rams. I'm just going to say Chicago heading into Green Bay. If they are going to move the ball, it is through the tight end, but I still see another 
angry team in Green Bay after a tough loss at home with all the cheeseheads out there. I really, th- I, I think I'm going to go with Higby. I just say if you'd have to lean Higby, but still with that Chicago offense, that really is hard to move for them in various ways. The tight end is really important for them. But yeah, I think for, I think I would just go ahead and start going ahead and streaming the tight ends. And if I, that's, that's the case, I would start with maybe streaming towards Higby because he looks like of the three that he's probably going to have the best weekend of the three. And let's face it. Cup was double teamed. He put up great numbers. That's not going to continue all year. If Stafford can rotate the ball around more and get Higby involved, you know, there's going to come plays where you can't double team Cup if they keep going over the middle to Higby. So one thing I'll say about Sean McVay is a really smart offensive mind, and I think at some point he'll find a way to get Higby involved again. I like the way he played in the second half last year. He really did a good job, and have to agree with you. I definitely pick him over Everett at this point. Great question by Che Ambrose. If you or anyone out there has questions for your fantasy football team, I'll throw it at any point in time over to Chris at any point in time by just hitting us up at isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or Inside Sports FF on Twitter. But my friend, it's that time. We've talked about the highs and lows of week one. We've talked about what we're looking forward to in week two from both a betting and a fantasy and a fantasy perspective, but it's the season premiere one week late, mind you, but still it's back. Woof, woof, woof. It's time to head <laughs> to the doghouse. The doghouse is back scrolling through your, as you mentioned, Vegas lines. I feel like this week, everything's, Vegas is really splitting hairs with the lines, a couple of 1.2 point type spreads, or you've got these huge numbers, for instance, like uh, I want to say the 49ers are giving eight and a half. The Rams are giving 10 plus in some books, not a heck of a lot to work with, but you know, my mantra always get that extra half a point. There was a number that stuck out to me here. Ravens giving three and a half to the dolphins. Do I think the dolphins can beat the Ravens given the way they played against a, a let's face it underwhelming Patriots team last week. I think it's entirely possible. Uh, What I do think is we saw Tua identify Jalen Waddle. You know, there are a lot of targets to Hill, but you can't just focus solely on Hill. Waddle's and I think going to be an elite NFL wide receiver at some point in his career. So if Tua can do that, spread the ball around, uh, I think the Dolphins defense look really good. I could see this being one of these games where it's not a shootout, not a 9-6 game, but, you know, middle of the road scoring wise and maybe comes down to a field goal. In that case, you'll want that insurance, that extra half a point. Take the Dolphins plus the three and a hook. And I hope we're right by the time we talk next week. We'll make sure we follow up on that indeed. But if you have (laughs) questions for Chris, once again, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or inside sports FF on Twitter. Well, my friend, it's been great having you back in the saddle once again. I know you've been a busy man. I know Dom and you have been busy with Domination Sports Nation. What's up next for Domination Sports uh, Sports Nation before we head on out? Yeah, so we're finally going to get back in the swing of things. We took our summer siesta, pretending we were in uh, Spain or France or wherever it may be. But Dom will be back up and running in me. We've definitely got a ton of football to talk about, both on the pro and college level. And then, too, from a non-sports perspective got to get this out there full disclosure 
with uh, Dom playing football, as I mentioned, and things being super busy, my daughter, my oldest, is off to college. And between, uh, you know, all the mixed emotions of joy and sadness around here, you know, we spent a lot of time, Dom and I, picking Amazon boxes off the porch, packing things up into boxes, getting the car ready and loaded up. This dorm life thing is, you know, I did it many years ago, but I gotta tell you, Gerald, things have evolved. I mean, they got some nice stuff for these kids' dorms. But anyway, she's off to college, so that's kept us beyond busy. So interestingly enough, miss her like hell. We love you, Bella, and I know Dom will especially miss you, especially now because for the first time in his life, he's essentially going to be an only child in our house here. So what does that mean? We got more time to podcast. So uh, look for that after our hiatus to come back and hopefully soon the football schedule works out and the homework lightens up. I love his first appearance on this podcast as well. Looking forward to that, my friend. Looking forward to that indeed. But once again, if you have any questions for us, trades, waiver wires, transactions, lineup questions, let us know your thoughts. ISFantasyFootball at Yahoo.com or InsideSportsFM on Twitter. Looking forward to, my friend, a great NFL Week 2. Thanks again to Che for the great question. Just love those questions. Bring them on in. Keep them coming because we love fantasy football. We're looking forward to a great Week 2. We wish everyone out there listening and watching a great NFL Week 2. Good luck with your fantasy football teams. And, of course... Please join us next week right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.